Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, Georgia. I want to jump to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, holding a press conference right now. Some big news happening. In the U.S. and in China. The PRC government forced the victim's nephew to travel from China to the United States to convey the PRC's threats to the victim's son. The defendants threatened the victim, saying that, quote, coming back and turning herself in is the only way out. They showed up at the home of the victim's son in New York. They filed frivolous lawsuits against the victim and his son and said it would be, quote, endless misery for the defendant and son to defend themselves. And they made clear that their harassment would not stop until the victim returned to China. As these cases demonstrate, the government of China sought to interfere with the rights and freedoms of individuals in the United States and to undermine our judicial system that protects those rights. They did not succeed. The Justice Department will not tolerate attempts by any foreign power to undermine the rule of law upon which our democracy is based. We will continue to fiercely protect the rights guaranteed to everyone in our country, and we will defend the integrity of our institutions. Before I turn the podium over to Deputy Attorney General Monaco, I want to recognize the FBI, the National Security Division, and the U.S. Attorney's offices for their extraordinary work on these cases. Now, Deputy Attorney General Monaco. Good afternoon, and thank you, Mr. Attorney General. The Department of Justice will not tolerate threats from a foreign power to the rights of Americans or to our nation's institutions. As the Attorney General has laid out, the cases unsealed today take place against a backdrop of malign activity from the People's Republic of China that includes espionage, harassment, obstruction of our justice system, and unceasing efforts to steal sensitive U.S. technology. In the words of our intelligence community, China seeks to be a major power on the world stage and to challenge the United States in multiple arenas. Today's cases make clear that Chinese, Chinese agents will not hesitate to break the law and to violate international norms in the process. Two of those cases, in particular, show the lengths they are willing to go in pursuit of unfair advantage. But the defendants charged today met their match in the agents analysts, and prosecutors of the Department of Justice. All right, I'm going to step out here now to kind of give you a synopsis of what's going on here. This is is actually a big deal. Uh, The Chinese government's intelligence agents were trying to find individuals within the U.S. government to spy on the United States government, and in particular to spy on investigations into Chinese tech companies in the United States and relay information back to China. It turns out that they were talking to FBI special agents. Uh, Huawei is one of the companies implicated by name. Uh, TikTok is suspected to be the one of the unnamed companies. 
by multiple news agents uh, agencies. Forbes has a story out on the Chinese, even though they were offloading server information into the United States, were trying to seek backdoors into the servers to get uh, intelligence information regarding American public officials' movements in relation to their TikTok accounts. Additionally, the Chinese were setting up supposed police operations in the United States to harass Chinese nationals living in the United States and to use malicious prosecutions and harassment of legal lawsuits in the United States against Chinese citizens. The American government uh, is cracking down pretty significantly. And also what is very significant here is that they are calling China out by name, saying this is the Chinese government doing this. This is not corporations in China. It is corporations working as entities of the Chinese government. Now, there's a larger issue here you need to understand as well that isn't going to get as much play probably. But Huawei is the biggest technology communications device technology company in the world. They make 5G cell towers. They make four uh, LTE cell towers. They make cell phones and other communications devices. It has long been suspected that Huawei was using that technology to capture signal intelligence and transmit it back to China. You build basically a global surveillance state operated by the Chinese government by installing Huawei equipment. The American government under Donald Trump was very forceful to the British and European allies that they could not allow Huawei to bid or win bids on 5G data technology because in our Uh, intelligence, we found that Huawei was using that 5G data installation as a way to surveil Western governments. We were successful in that. Now it turns out that Huawei's involvement with the Chinese government and their uh, espionage dealings has been even more detailed and deeper than we thought. On top of that, organizations like DJI are involved. DJI or DJI, they make my drone. I have a Phantom 5 drone. They make the the Mavic drone. They are using their technology to survey and perform surveillance in the United States and elsewhere. Chinese companies are now being used by China for surveillance purposes against the United States. Additionally, Chinese spies, according to the Department of Justice, are infiltrating at an alarming rate institutions in the United States and attempting to infiltrate the American government where we suspect they may already be. This is from the Attorney General today. This is happening right now. These indictments are now forthcoming. Two Chinese intelligence officers are being indicted today by the Department of Justice for trying to get information through spying on the pending criminal prosecution of Huawei in the United States. Additionally, other Chinese operatives have tried to buy their way into the American government, and the DOJ is cracking down on that as well. Now, I had a caller earlier said, is this some sort of um, October surprise to try to get everybody to look at the DOJ and, and say we, we don't need change? I, I don't think it matters. They're doing their job today. Uh, kudos to the FBI for not going after Donald Trump maliciously, but for actually going after the Chinese. Now, there is a larger issue here at stake, too, you must understand. Today, as the announcement came that the Department of Justice would be having this press conference, resistance, la resistance Twitter, decided, oh, today's today. Day. Trump's getting indicted. Lots of blue checks began openly speculating today was the day Donald Trump was going to get indicted. And they are sorely disappointed 
that it's the Chinese instead. They're not going to let him go. They're not going to give it up. But they were bitterly disappointed by these indictments. I'm not surprised that they're that. It's crazy now the Department of Justice wants to hold a, a press conference on anything. Oh, today's the day. That SOB is going to jail. Nope, sorry. No, it's not. All right, now we got to switch gears. That breaking news having happened, DOJ uh, prosecuting, indicting several spies, shutting down Chinese intelligence operations inside the United States. Their willingness to name China as the culprit is actually a big deal. Normally, we don't name the names of the countries. This is a step further. This comes after Xi Jinping uh, locked himself into a third term as Chinese premier. Uh, we're we're willing to actually step up our game here, and this is good. I don't know that Biden is competent to do it, but he's going to try. Now, the phone number here is 877-973-7425. I want your attention if you're a Democrat for a moment, please. If you're a longtime listener of this program, you know I am very vocal about grift on the Republican side. Turns out the reason Donald Trump has not spent a lot of money on Republican candidates is he was refurbing uh, Trump Force One, his airplane, and paying a lot of lawyers, legal bills, and doesn't really have the money. He raised $99 million. People thought it was going to go to help candidates like Herschel Walker in Georgia, Blake Masters in Arizona and the like. It's not. It's going to the Trump Legal Fund. They're spending most of the money on lawyers. It's a grifting operation, and I've called it out. Will the Democrats call out Stacey Abrams and her grifting operation? Today, it has become a national headline. The Abrams lawsuit against the state of Georgia for the 2018 election, it turns out to have been a full-on grift by Abrams. Let me just read you part of this Politico breaking the news today. The voting rights organization founded by Stacey Abrams spent more than $25 million over two years on legal fees, mostly on a single case, with the largest amount going to the self-described boutique law firm of the candidate's campaign chairwoman, Allegra Lawrence Hardy, Abrams' close friend who chaired her gubernatorial campaign both in 2018 and her current bid to unseat Governor Brian Kemp is one of the two named partners in Lawrence and Bundy, a small firm of fewer than two dozen lawyers. The firm received $9.4 million from Abrams Group Fair Fight Action in 2019 and 2020, the last year for which federal tax filings are available. Lawrence Hardy declined to comment on how much her firm has collected from Fair Fight Action in 2021 and 2022, years in which Fair Fight versus Raffensperger, for which Lawrence Hardy was lead counsel, had most of its courtroom activity. Fair Fight Action has maintained that the suit, which ended last month when a federal judge ruled against it on all of its claims, served an important role in drawing attention to voting inequities. But outside groups question both the level of expenditures devoted to a single, largely unsuccessful legal action and the fact that such a large payment went to the firm of Abrams' close friend and campaign chair. Those concerns were heightened by the fact that Abrams' national campaign against voter suppression galvanized the Democratic Party, many of whose top donors helped fill its coffers. 
Back in 2016, a progressive Democrat in Georgia told me I needed to put Stacey Abrams on the radar because she was the grifter-in-chief of the Democratic Party in Georgia. This was a partisan progressive Democrat who understood what would happen. Abrams would bleed the Democratic coffers dry and have nothing to show for it. Kind of prophetic that this has happened. Stacey Abrams has raised tens of millions of dollars from Democrats around the country. She has raised money from California and New York that could have gone to California and New York races. And instead of spending it on a winning campaign, it looks like uh, she was rewarding friends and those close to her. It's a grifting campaign. Stacey Abrams is a grifter. No different between Stacey Abrams and Steve Bannon. Grifting. Will the Democrats call it out? Today, they're defending Abrams on voter suppression claims that uh, it, just because you can't find it in Georgia doesn't mean it's happening. Just because turnout is breaking records doesn't mean there's no voter suppression. Joe Scarborough on Morning Joe this morning actually called out the Democrats on this and says it turns out that the law in Georgia didn't do all the things that they claimed and that Democrats probably should stop and assess what they said and what they believed and how it doesn't align with reality. Sean Patrick Maloney is the chairman of the Democratic Senate care or the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the DCCC. His job is to preserve the Democratic majority. He may lose. His seat has gone from safe Democrat to toss up in a matter of weeks. Why? Because of money. They don't have enough money anymore. And the mood in the nation has changed. And with Abrams taking all this grift that could have gone to save Democrats, there are going to be some seats they lose because they're cash-starved because of people like Stacey Abrams. Let's pause and just talk about what's going on in the country for a moment. We got sky-high inflation. We got runaway government spending. Trust in Washington is completely eroded. When government is this dysfunctional, you got to change the course of the country. You know you have to. That's why I'm excited about the work Americans for Prosperity is doing. They're focused on policy solutions that actually improve people's lives, unlike so many in D.C. who just want to play political football and have power. Americas for Prosperity doesn't just come up with solutions. They act on those solutions. They have the largest network of community activists in the country. They are out there every day talking to millions of their fellow Americans. If you're interested in seeing how you can get started with Americans for Prosperity in your community, visit americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. That's americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Y'all, real important, text the word bourbon to 33777, B-O-U-R-B-O-N. I realized I had to teach people how to spell it, B-O-U-R-B-O-N. People were spelling B-O-R-B-O-N. B-O-U-R-B-O-N, text it to 33777. Uh, get a link, buy a ticket, come see me Friday in Kennesaw, Georgia, Governor's Gun Club. VIP ticket, you get in early, you get sample bourbons with me, general admission ticket, just come for the talk. I will give you the detailed scoop. By then, we will be able to assess early voting patterns in Georgia uh, and get a sense of whether Walker may win outright or have a runoff. I will let you know, but you got to come to the event to be able to find it off. You'll also uh, get to hear Q&A time with me and Cody Hall from Governor Kemp's campaign talking about the end of that election and also with Rich McCormick, who will be headed to the U.S. Congress. He is going to win the 6th Congressional District. 
district here in Georgia. He'll be with me as well. Right now, uh, I want to go to a phone call, and I want to keep taking your phone call, so be patient, 877-973-7425. But I had not talked to Rooster in a while. Rooster, welcome. How are you? Man, it's been a long time since I got to get on the radio with you, but I didn't have anything to say. I didn't want to eat up the radio. I appreciate you know? it. I love talking with you. Man, it, it sounds like it's a lot of fun coming down there to the shoot. But, you know, hey, I'm busy and I can't afford it. So, you know, hey, that's the way it goes. I had a question for you real quick, Eric. Um, the the way that they're going after Trump and eating up all his money in legal fees and everything, that really throws me for a loop. Is that kind of how, how sometimes people get kicked out of elections and everything because they eat up all their money with law lawfare? And yeah. also with Stacey Abrams, are they going to chase after her like they are him whenever she gets defeated in a couple of weeks? So, okay, I, I, I got to tell you, Rooster, listen, it's good to hear from you. Um, let, let me do the last one first on Abrams. A buddy of mine is a photographer. Uh, works for Cabela Bass Pro, works for, I mean, some of you you know, um, I don't want to burn up his phone because I mentioned David's last name the last time I was talking and, and <laughs> like his phone melted down. He's talking about you on the radio, but I got a, a great friend. He got me into fly fishing, super guy. He sent me a video a few weeks ago that uh, it was down in the Amazon and they put the leg of a cow like the severed leg of a cow. And now I'm not trying to make this comparison to Abrams. Don't go there. I'm just saying they put the severed leg of the cow in the water and the water started boiling. Piranha. They ate that thing down to the bone in no time. Just swarmed it. I mean, they're pulling this leg of the cow out of the water and the fish are like falling off of it. It was the craziest thing. That's going to be what the Democrats do to Stacey Abrams the day after this election. She will be blamed for the grift. And the, I mean, it's happening right now when you got national publications that love her doing this. They're realizing Abrams nationally costs the Democrats races because in Georgia, she sucked up so much money that could have gone to races. I mean, they're going to lose the governor's race in Oregon. The Republicans have not won that race since the 80s, and the Republicans are probably about to take back the legislature in Oregon on top of everything else because Abrams sucked all the money up herself and wasted it. There will be hell to pay. The Democrats do not like a woman who uses all their money and loses. If she won, they'd give her a pass. Now, on the lawfare issue, yeah, look, this is a this is a tactic people use and campaigns use. They sue the snot out of you and try to drive you to bankruptcy and wipe you out. Campaigns by law, if you are sued because of a campaign event, you can use your campaign funds. And so you will because most people who run for office don't have big piles of personal reserves to fight the lawsuits. So they use the campaign money and it wipes out the campaign. It's something they do. I don't think Democrats will do that to Abrams, nor will Republicans do it to Abrams. But it certainly happens, and it's happening to Donald Trump right now. They are suing the mess out of him to try to run him into the ground so he can't run in 2024. Ironically, Trump would be in a really good financial position and better off if he just kind of said, I'm not doing it, I'm stepping away, I'm retiring. They'd all drop this stuff, but they, both sides, him and the media, live in a sick codependency on each other where they both need the attention. Now, more on your calls when we come back, 877-973-7425. When you're ready to hop into a soft, cozy bed, your sheets make a big difference. Bold and Branch sheets use only the best 100% organic cotton threads on earth for superior softness, 
that only gets more luxurious with every wash. I know because I sleep in bowl and branch sheets. And let me tell you, you know, they start off like your standard bed sheet and you're thinking, what's the big deal? Well, wash them. You see the difference. Wash them again. You feel the difference more and more. They get softer over time and they've got the perfect weight. They've got that weight in the summertime where you feel like substantively there's something on you, but yet you're not sweating to death. And in the wintertime, it's just the perfect snug fit for the bowl and branch sheets. They focus on thread quality, not quantity, although the quality and the quantity both are fantastic. Now, they got over 25,000 rave customer reviews made from the highest quality threads you can get. Bowl and Branch Signature Sheets come in nine colors. They fit all mattress sizes. You will feel the difference. And again, you got a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns. What do you have to lose? Try them. Keep washing them. They get softer and softer. Go to Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. Use promo code ERIC. You'll get 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping with the promo code ERIC, my name, at bowlandbranch.com. Again, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com, the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Remember, text the word ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Text ERIC to 33777. You can find all of my social media links, the podcast, the live stream, the email, you name it. I want to spend some time with your phones. Let's go to Roger first. Welcome to the show, Roger. Hey, how you doing, Eric? A uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Well, welcome. Thank you. Uh, my question is about this, uh, the the TikTok thing with China. Uh, see, Eric Swallow's been in bed with a, with a, with a Chinese spy. Fang Fang. And, 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 yeah, Fang Fang. Uh, and Pelosi says, well, he's... You know, he's okay. He can be on the Intel Committee. I think that was the committee. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, do you think any heads will roll there is my question. Look, I, I think there should be, and I think the Republicans will reassess that. I mean, you got Fang Fang doing the bang-bang with Swalwell, allegedly, and the Democrats took no action on it because of the uh, distance removed in time, but she was an Intel asset for China, uh, apparently so, according to the DOJ. I think something's got to be done there. Not just him either, Eric. Uh, Adam Schiff, who leaked a bunch of stuff from the Intel Committee that wasn't true. That sort of stuff matters. Uh, the Republicans in charge are going to have to clean that stuff up. Tom, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Good. I had a quick question. One of the amendments uh, in the Georgia election here was, and I may have misread it, that if a politician is convicted of, I mean, charged with a felony, Mm -hmm. that they could suspend his pay and and everything. Uh, It worked from the governor all the way down through the cabinet. And it seemed like to me that would be... That could be used as a political tool okay, uh, just um, to indict somebody. Yeah. I, I think it said indicted, not charged. I mean, you know, and yeah, okay, so this is this is real-world example here. Um, it, it's, it's not just indicted, uh, but it is indicted and suspended. So the real okay. world, for those of you outside of Georgia, a little esoteric here, but I'm getting this question from a lot of people. I'm voting for this, and here's why. Um Georgia elected Jim Beck to be its insurance commissioner. Shortly after Jim Beck was uh, elected, he was indicted by the U.S. attorney, uh, the Northern District of Georgia, ultimately found guilty. But the trial, because of COVID, was put off for about two years. 
So he was indicted, and then the governor suspended him from office because he couldn't focus on the lawsuit while also being uh, the insurance commissioner. So he he stepped aside, refused to resign, but what agreed that he should be suspended. So in that two-year period where he was not the insurance commissioner, because he was elected, he couldn't have any of his salary or benefits taken from him. So we paid him salary and benefits for two years to be nothing, and under the law of the state of Georgia, until he was found guilty, they couldn't stop paying him. So what this constitutional amendment does in Georgia is say, if you're indicted and you're suspended from your office as elected official, we get to stop paying you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. It just seemed like a, a DA could use it as a political tool. Well, yeah, you, you know, know. It, it could. I mean, anything could be used as a political tool. Um, mm-hmm. Pulling somebody over for speeding can too. Uh, things like that. The yeah, question, yeah. though, is if you go, if you take the extra step and you actually get suspended from office after you've been <laughs> okay. indicted, then should you still be paid? And I would say it's a waste of taxpayer money, Tom to pay someone who's been suspended from office after being indicted. And yet in Georgia, we had to pay the salary of a temporary insurance commissioner, John King, who hopefully will now be elected. It looks like he's going to be elected. He's a great guy. Uh, And the suspended insurance commissioner. Back to the phones. Bill, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hang on, Bill. I didn't actually push the button, and I thought I did. Let's see. Can I get the button pushed here? Why is the button not working? I don't know. There you go, Bill. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. Um, What's going on? Appreciate your double double button pushing for me. Oh yeah. And I look forward to seeing you up at, the, at the Gun Club too. As soon as as soon as I heard uh, the sound bites from the Justice Department, I was they have no backbone. Nobody believes anything they do anymore. They're all political. It sounded to me like an October commercial bite. That says this administration is tough on China. Come on, and and what what kills me is it seems to you seem to think it likes to buy into it, <laughs> like it's real. Am I crazy? Well, why is it not real? Because the Justice Department doesn't stand up to China, and we haven't stood up to China in forever. This is all blustery, and, and they're they're sitting back drinking whatever the national alcoholic drink of China is and, and probably giggling like, oh boy, these these guys are getting a little mad right now, but they'll shut up here soon. Okay. Maybe well, I'm we, too pessimistic. We, well, you know, I, I think you may be for this reason. Um, they're indicting multiple uh, Chinese spies. Uh, they have shut down now multiple Chinese facilities in the nation that the Biden administration had previously turned a blind eye to until they couldn't anymore. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think the cynicism is warranted, uh, but I also think you may be too pessimistic because, in fact, they are now uh, going to have trials for Chinese spies. They are shutting down multiple facilities, and they are now expanding bans on Huawei technology in the United States and adding additional Chinese telecommunications and and semiconductor uh, manufacturers to that ban in the United States. Those are not the actions of people who are doing nothing. That's actually something. The fact that they're actually going to try to put Chinese spies in prison 
is a big deal. Now, if they cut a deal with China and then let those guys go home, then yeah, I, I, I think you got some reason to, to do that. Trust but verify here. But in the trust but verify point, this is the biggest movement against China we've had in a number of years, including during the Trump administration, to actually round up Chinese spies and arrest them, put them in prison and indict them, and then shut down Chinese operations. I mean, uh, the, the Trump administration and members of Congress worked very hard to shut down those Confucius Institutes that were in colleges around the country. The Chinese have largely just changed the name of these institutes. And we'll see here, but this actually does look to some degree like they're doing something, and that I think is a good thing. We'll see. Now, I want to switch gears. I want to share my genius with you. I want to talk to you about the patterns and the flows of the next 15 days. I've been through multiple wave elections, and this is shaping up to be a big election. And I want to tell you what's going to happen in the next two weeks. I want to read you something first so that you get a sense of this. Just so you understand, this is from the book of Matthew, chapter 24. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me, and that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. You will see signs and wonders. You will hear of poles and rumors of poles that the wave is not coming. You will hear of candidate retreats and money withdrawn. You will hear of early voting waves of Democrats, all designed to make you disappointed and disaffected. These things must happen, but the wave is still coming. Y'all, I've been around the block several times now in politics, and I can tell you towards the end, you're going to start hearing partisans on social media say, hey, the internal polling. In fact, Jane Mayer from The New Yorker uh, is already doing that. Hey, I, I know of several polls behind the scenes that show the Democrats are holding their own in Georgia and Pennsylvania and Nevada. She offers no evidence, just rumors. She's heard this from someone. This is going to happen more and more over the next 15 days. And then you're going to hear turnout numbers, and the turnout numbers are going to blow your mind. But you got to put the turnout numbers in context. What are the turnout numbers like compared to 2020? And what happened in that area in 2020? So in Georgia right now, Republicans are almost at parity with Democrats, which is not normal. Republicans should be further behind than they are. This is emboldening some Republicans to get more optimistic. By Wednesday, Thursday this week, we'll start to see good signs. By Friday evening, we'll have this year, this week's data digested. We'll have two full weeks of early voting. We'll see where the trend is. That's why you need to come to this bourbon event on at uh, the Governor's Gun Club with me on Friday, because by then, 
I will know. But all these things start to happen, and you get a little bit flustered in the last two weeks of a campaign. So what should you pay attention to? There are things you should pay attention to. One is no longer the polling. At this point, it's too hard to measure rapidly meaningful polling. To supplement the polling, you look at the turnout numbers. To supplement the turnout numbers, look at the money. Democrats, for example, have started running money in Sean Patrick Maloney's web seat in New York. Um, he is the chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. His seat had been considered a reliable Democratic seat, and suddenly the Democrats are having to run money attacking his opponent. Just as that seat becomes a toss-up, that suggests the Democrats are realizing they have a problem on their hands. We know there's a Republican surge coming. We just don't know how big it is. The fact that Sean Patrick Maloney is in a D plus 9 or D plus 10 seat and they're having to take money out of a D plus 7 seat to spend money to protect him in a D plus 10 seat is a warning sign that the Republican wave may be bigger than people presumed. But there's even more than that. Don't pay attention to the talking points of the talking heads on television, left, right, or center. Pay attention to what the candidates are doing in the last two weeks. Pay attention to the crowd sizes. Stacey Abrams had an event near McDonough, Georgia today, had less than 200 people show up two weeks before the election. Brian Kemp does an event, 500 people show up. Pay attention to that. Where's the energy? Blake Masters in Arizona, he shows up at an event, hundreds of people show up. Mark Kelly shows up, dozens of people show up. Pay attention to the fact that Joe Biden is not doing in-person events for any candidates anymore, and he's even stopped going now to Pennsylvania, which suggests his presence in Pennsylvania was hurting John Fetterman. Pay attention to that. Where is the president going? Where are the surrogates going? Who are the surrogates? You will notice that Donald Trump is winding down his time on the campaign trail, too. Republicans don't think they need him, and in swing states, he could be a burden, just like Joe Biden. He's done a few rally-the-base efforts, but not a lot. Pay attention to where the money is being spent. Pay attention to where the surrogates are going. Pay attention to what the candidates are now doing, even more than they're saying. We'll still cover the polling, there will be a few more polls that are out and instructive, but by and large, that's baked in now. The polling must now be supplemented with the turnout. That's what I'm paying attention to now. Where is the turnout? What are the Republicans turning out in relation to 2020? Why 2020, not 2018? You know, in old school politics, they tell you don't compare a presidential to a midterm, but voter enthusiasm is so high now, you almost have to compare it to 2020. And there are parts of Georgia right now where the turnout for Republicans in early voting is higher than in 2020. Joe Biden won the state with 11,000 votes. If Republican turnout in early voting is higher now than in 2020, that suggests a level of partisan enthusiasm. And if Brian Kemp is 10 points ahead of Stacey Abrams, I have a really hard time seeing Herschel Walker losing. If Brian Kemp is five points ahead, I have a real hard time seeing Stacey Abrams, seeing Herschel Walker losing. Uh, Kemp will carry him across the finish line. And the same in Arizona. If Carrie Lake is outperforming uh, Katie Hobbs by five points, Blake Masters is going to the Senate, and it's looking like that could be so. you got to pay attention to the ground game. you got to pay attention to turnout now, not just the polls. Above all else, 
Don't believe the partisan rumor mongering on social media about private polls that no one can see that suggest other things. Sure, that's going to happen. Some of it will be legitimate. But now you've got the turnout data to corroborate the public polling and you can see it for yourself. Don't fret. 15 days, we'll know whether the wave was real or not. Looks like it's going to be. And if not, we'll just fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and clear the air and start over. How about that? You should get three of them right now. Someone texted me over the weekend and said, hey, the code's not working. The code's not working. It's Eric and the number three, not just my name. It's Eric three, E-R-I-C-K three. You get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack, three thunderstorms. They're air purifiers. They get rid of the dust and the pollen, the mold, the mildew, the bacteria, the viruses. But really why I use it, they are odor eliminators. I have a friend who will go nameless who smoked in his car and realized when he got back in the car later that riding with the windows down, smoking a cigar really doesn't help matters. So he closed up the windows and fired up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and it wiped out the odors. He was spared getting in trouble with his wife. I myself have had a very similar experience where I was puffing on a cigar, playing golf, opened the door and all the smoke blew in and oh my gosh, I got in trouble with my wife until I fired up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It works. Pet odors, litter odor, litter box odors, frying odors in the kitchen, musty odors, smoke odors. It works. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Get three of them. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric and then the number three, E-R-I-C-K three, no space, Eric three at EdenPureDeals.com. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, well, you don't need it because we're almost out of time. Uh, Listen, I do hope you will consider subscribing to my email because I'm pushing out a lot more information lately. In the run-up to the election, I think it's important to give you guys as as much as I possibly can on what's going on. Um, And I've got to play you this audio. Now, let me me credit it where it is, and, and hang on a second. I lost. This is from, oh, yeah, this is from Fox News. And this is an analysis of the early voting. You know, Sarah, we have, you know, very strong early voting coming in. Uh, Georgia, of course, record levels, odd for a midterm election year, let alone a regular presidential election year. Now 20 states are involved with uh, early voting. I think the new additions today are Nevada uh, and uh, what is it? Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that could obviously indicate there's passion running to vote. Now, I don't know who is getting out the vote, how that early voting breaks down, but your thoughts. You know, when you often see strong early voting numbers like that is during wave years when Mm. one party is, you know, overwhelmingly favored by voters and they're lining up to register their frustration with the party in power. So if I'm a Democrat looking at those numbers in Georgia, I'm probably a little bit nervous because that suggests that there's a lot of enthusiasm to vote for something. And usually enthusiasm does not build up around voting for the status quo. Democrats everywhere are, I think, getting a little nervous especially as Democrats are sort of triaging these races that are starting to look unwinnable. You had, you know, Ohio Democratic Senate candidate Tim Ryan complaining that more isn't being done by the National Party to save him from a potential defeat. It's Mm. because Democrats are sort of trying to save their best chances and abandoning some races they once thought winnable because the tide is shifting so dramatically in favor of Republicans. Yep. Uh, That's the problem on the ground. The early voting numbers in Georgia are starting to spook the Democrats. Uh, The early voting numbers in Ohio have made them fatalistic. And the early voting numbers in Nevada 
among Hispanic voters are giving the Democrats heartburn. It looks like Hispanic voters in Nevada and Florida are breaking hard to the right, which is something the Democrats did not expect.